0: Titleless messages for such a time as this. It's, I've, uh, I've been writing down titles that the Lord's been giving me uh, for messages, and I was looking over them, and none of them. Nope, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. And uh, as I was thinking about, uh, the, you know, the the Fellowship Hall is now empty. Uh, the claims people, the railroad people, have uh, have moved into more permanent, smaller facilities in East Palestine, and they're. They, they uh, last day here was Thursday. They packed up their stuff on Friday. We helped them move over there, and they're done. And uh, as I was, uh, I, I've been taking pictures uh, for the past nine. They were here 99 days, 99 days. That that that, that doesn't include times when they weren't like during times in the weekend when they weren't here. So they were actually on the premises serving people for 99 days. And um, and I have been uh, I was and I had no no thought when I was taking pictures. It was really more just for you know memories and you know of you know people from the public, people from the from the from the uh, the railroad, people from the claims, people from the media, people, you know, all manner of people. And didn't know what I was going to do with it. And as I was as I was praying, I heard for such a time as this that we got to do this for this particular time for a particular reason, and we don't begin to understand what all the reasons there are. But that passage comes from. Uh, the book of Esther, if you're familiar with the book of Esther, you know, and just a, a quick summary, I mean, a very quick summary, you know, Esther, you know, uh, ended up becoming the queen, marrying into this royal, royal family, uh, all for a purpose to save the Jews who were given an edict to be killed. And she had to take some very bold steps uh, to carry out the mission that was assigned to her, Uh and this is where the Scripture came, comes from. Uh, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your family's, father's family will perish. Who knows but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And as that word was just sort of deposited into me, it was just a reminder to me that we were called, we were called as a body to be, uh, to be a place for people to come and, uh, for such a time as this. And we don't, you know, we don't, you know, it's, it's probably not nearly as dramatic as as Esther's obedience and Esther's step, but uh, it's none, nonetheless important and uh, and relevant. And and uh, of course, most of you know uh, that this this came about right after uh, we introduced our word for the year. Uh, it was a three-week series in January uh, where we were we were we were told to invite the stranger. We're told to invite the stranger into our midst. And of course, the passage is from Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in all his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you Clothe you. When did we see you sick or in prison? And go to visit you. And The king will reply, "Truly, I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me." And uh, and so we had opportunity to, with, without ever having any idea what this was going to look like, how long it was going to go on, uh, to say, "The doors are open. The doors are open. Come on in." And we got to we got to meet and minister and serve. Thousands, thousands of, of, of people, you know, when, when I introduced this word in January, uh, Connie and I sang a song that said, go invite the stranger in, and what you do for them, you do the very same for me, wash their feet. Now, we didn't get to wash their feet per se, but we got to serve them. We got to serve them. And so, I was thinking, well, who in this case were the strangers? Who were the strangers? Who were the strangers during this time? And, and so, a lot of this lesson today is photographs. You know, I was thinking, if unless you were here, unless you, you know, were able to help volunteer on, or you're on our Facebook page, you didn't get to see what it, that looked like. And so I put together, this is kind of like a missions day, you get to see pictures of what this looked like, what we as a, we as a body got to do, and it was an absolute privilege. You know, they would say to us, the, the claims people and the robot people would say, are you tired of us yet? Are you tired of us yet? No. We're not tired of you, we're not tired of the community, we're not tired of any part of it because we've been equipped and called to do this. If we were doing any of it in our own strength, we'd be tired. If we were doing any of it in our, in, in our flesh, we'd be exhausted, we'd be weary, we'd be, but he supplied everything we needed because we were called for such a time as, as this to do this, to do this. So who were the strangers? First of all, the community. Some of these pictures, early pictures, are are very early on when our lobby was just inundated, inundated with people. Long lines, long lines. That's two different pictures. The one on the left is, again, the crowd in the lobby. The second one is on a Sunday morning when Pastor Shane said, I'm going to go get the coffee and I'm I'm going to just pass it out. I'm going to serve people coffee as they're waiting in line. Fellowship Hall. Every week, I would post an update on our Facebook page, just reminding. This is really not to promote ourselves. It was to let people know, "Hey, we're still here. Hey, uh, we got a new supply of water. Hey, we got uh, people brought cleaning supplies. Whatever it was, it was just to kind of keep people apprised that we're here. And we had it on our signs out front. And every so week by week, I would, I would post post an update. And, uh, and and uh, one of the values of social media is to be able to give people information and to be able to to uh, to say, hey, here's our hours. Come on in. Come come receive what what is uh, what, what what you need at this time. And again, long long lines. Uh, you know, Vicky's standing there off to the side. There, you know, I don't think, I don't know if Vicky's even here today. I don't. Is she? she She's, oh, she's back there. Okay, I didn't. I hadn't seen her. She's back there. You know, Vicky was opened the doors every single every single morning and pretty much closed the doors most nights. You know, and uh, and uh, it it was when they when they were leaving this week, tears, tears. Now they're only across town, so we're still planning our you know visits to to just check in on people, but. I was telling my open door class today, this was one of those situations where I never asked anybody whether I was allowed to do this. <laughs> I didn't check with the board. I didn't ask anybody. We got the call saying, can you open your doors? And I said, yes. Now, you just heard a word from Pastor, from Bishop Garlington that saying yes is going to be a continued thing we're going to say when we're asked to do things when, you know, we're gonna say yes to the Lord. Amen. And we we and, and I was able to confidently say yes because I know you, I know our people. I, I knew that it wouldn't be me taking on some burden that wasn't mine to take on. I knew that people would say, What can I do? But, but, but Vicky was always there. Just always there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, by the time this was all done, Vicky was running the show. <laughs> Do you have your ticket? Do you have your papers? She knew the whole routine. It's another update with the crowds. These are, these are people. These are people that, again, I don't... Did we sit down every day and map out the plan of salvation for everybody every single day? No. But we got to greet them with a smile, and the smiles were real. You know, somebody, we were talking in class today about, again, it, weariness, can weariness set in? If it's of the flesh, yes, yes. But Holy Spirit empowers us to do what we're called to do. One, a couple a couple times, the lines were down this hallway. They were wrapped around the pole, and then down this hallway. And, of course, prayer became part of that. Prayer became part of that. We had people willing to sacrifice of their own time. Dina reminded me this morning, one of my first lessons into, into this was whatever it takes. We're going to do whatever it takes. That stands true to this day. We actually now have T-shirts that say whatever it takes. Thanks to Lord Kibby. Say, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, that's that's, that's who this body is. For such a time as this, for such a time as this, we're called to do this. And whenever we had an opportunity to pray, it was never forced. It started with a conversation where somebody would say something, and one of our people would respond, can I pray with you? I don't think there was ever a time when a person says, no, I'd rather not. No, I'd rather not. People start telling their stories. Prayer. Who else were the strangers? The railroad and claims people. You know, one of the things we established right from the very beginning was we're opening our doors and we're here to minister to whoever on either side of the aisle. We're not here to make any statements about who's to blame or make any statements about our opinions about this, that, or the other. We're here to minister. And we establish that very quickly. And in the course of that you develop relationships while still taking no position. And these are just pictures I took, these are all of me and one of the one of the people. And this is only a fraction. This is only a fraction of the people that that uh that were part of the part of the team in there early on i got a letter from this gentleman his name's terry ritchie and i think i i don't know if i shared this in service if i did i'm going to share it again if i i know i shared it in our small groups uh, this was uh, this was from terry ritchie and he's one of the he's one of the norfolk southern guys and I got this letter on Wednesday, February 22nd, so we were only here a few weeks. And he had, was here and I had gone home for a little bit, and he sent me this email, and it says this, Pastor Jeff, I hope you are well. I'm sending this from my personal email rather than my Norfolk Southern email account because I wanted to express this to you as a brother in Christ. We had never talked about our mutual relationship with Jesus. He had never mentioned that. I've had a few days since returning home from the Family Assistance Center to decompress, clear my mind and think about the work you all have done for the community. I feel it on my heart to write to you to express my gratitude and thanks for the work you and your congregation have done for your community in a great time of need. When these types of incidents occur, fortunately, uh, not, not all that often, we as railroad claims folks have a unique role within our company. We come in and try to help the community as best we can get through tough times. Our mandate is to enter the fray and start making things right. We do this both financially by making reimbursements, but also emotionally. We strive to be empathetic and compassionate. We have both successes and failures, but this is always our goal. What we don't always have is a partner in the community, such as you and your congregation at Abundant Life Fellowship. What a great witness you have given and continue to give throughout this entire ordeal. I hesitate to start mentioning names for fear of leaving someone off the list, but you, Mark, Sean, Vicky, Kathy, Connie, all the other volunteers have demonstrated through actions what it means to love your neighbor. You have demonstrated your faith by your deeds, James 2. I've been thinking about your phrase for the year, invite the stranger. God certainly answered your prayer this year. Whatever God requires of us, whatever mission he assigns, he gives us the grace to accomplish. Not only have you invited the stranger, but you have welcomed the stranger. Inviting is one thing, but making strangers feel welcomed, valued and respected is another. God has granted you the grace to do just that and it can be seen by all. Matthew 25 came to mind as I reflected on this, being reminded of the parable of the 10 virgins awaiting the bridegroom, five of whom were wise and five foolish. You and your congregation were wise, prepared for the opportunity when presented to be a beacon of light for the community. Our Lord taught us that whatever we do for the least of our brother, we do for him. He taught us not to put our light under a bushel, basket, but on a lampstand to give light to all. He taught us to let our light shine before others that they may see our good works and glorify our heavenly father. All glory to him, but he is most definitely working through you and your people. I'm certain that I will see you again and probably quite soon. I simply wanted to get these thoughts to you while they're fresh in my mind. I pray that God gives you the grace to continue to be salt and light. Thank you for everything you've done and continue to do, your brother in Christ. I don't share that to bring any applause to ourselves. I do it as a testimony to what we got to do for such a time as this and the impact that this was three weeks in, and already it was having an impact on one of one of the workers. And we you have no idea. We have no idea. We have no idea by just stepping into a place of obedience, stepping into whatever it is that he asks us to do at any given time, the impact that it has on somebody. Uh, so that was a blessing, and so then some, several of the guys, uh, because they were here, they were here uh, on Sundays. We were open on Sundays for quite a while, and uh, some of the guys came to church at times. And this was Dale. This is Dale Pate, and uh, he filled out a visitor's card, and it just says to the church staff, "I want to thank you for your hospitality and friendship since we met back in February." Could not have uh, met better people to go through such an extraordinary circumstance with, you are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, you know, when he was leaving, because he, he works for the claims company, doesn't work for the railroad, he probably won't be coming back, uh, you know, to, to work at the, at the center there. And uh, it was funny, he and his dad was here, at his, at, at early on his brother was with him too. And, uh, but he, would, he, was, um, he was giving us hugs and he turned around and was like, oh, one more. Oh, one more. Oh, one more. And Connie and I were talking a little even this morning. Uh, his, his dad uh, his dad said to us, uh, said to, to me uh, two weeks ago on a Saturday night, he said, you know, I was in my room, our hotel room, and I was praying, and uh, I realized that during this time my faith has grown. My faith has grown. Well, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I love growing faith. I love when I love I love seeing growing faith. I love when someone takes a step, and I don't know what step particularly he took, but he said, "My faith has grown in the time that I've been here." Yes, it's been hard being away from my wife, and we care for they care for his his elderly mom, and he said, uh, "But I've grown during this time." And we were talking about uh, about Dale a little bit, and. Uh, you know, we've see, we've we've I've seen growth in this man's faith during this time because I just of some conversations we had at the very beginning and the conversations we had at the very end uh, had a much different had a much different tone and a, and much different context uh, that uh, that uh, that he not the same he's not the same person that excites me that excites me that's what we get to do for such a time as this we got to do this. We got to do this. Then random people who offered help. <clears throat> now, this random person's name is Larry Ellis. Larry Ellis lives in <clears throat> Massillon. And the news, of course, of this was all over the place, and so he got wind of what was going on down here. And he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Now, this was, I found out this afterward, after I, after I met him. He had been down here, and he went to East Palestine, and he was instructed to bring a bowl of salt with him. And he brought a bowl of salt with him. And he went to the stream right near, uh, right near the roadhouse. And he prayed over it. And he dumped salt in the stream. And on, after he was done with that, he came back here and he told me about it. And he, he only knew about us from the news. He, you know, he just said, I want to I I stop in this church that I know is reaching out to the people. And, and he, he specifically wanted to know if there was people that needed to relocate, if, uh, if, uh, if they'd be willing to live in Maslin for a while. And he and several people from his church had opened their doors. And I said, well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I don't think anybody ever took us up on that. We didn't, like, announce it. But... It wasn't one of those things that was necessarily real convenient for people who work and live in the area. But it was a, that, that was his goal with wanting to come here. But then he invited me to go with him. And that's a picture of us at the stream. Uh, and so we made a trip there. And, and, and this whole account comes from the second book of Kings, uh, chapter 2. And it's all about Jericho. You what? Well, get up here. Got to be on the microphone. Yep, you do. Come here. Got to come all the way because the microphone's right here. I am bad. All I wanted to say is there was a few of the gentlemen that I'd go out and I would tease a little bit, tell them to come on in, join, join our service. No seats are reserved. You're welcome. So anyhow, I think it was three Sundays ago. I looked over across from me, and there was one of the gentlemen. He had been home. He was coming back here to visit. He brought his wife and his two children to church with us. Amen. That says a lot they take it home with them yes. and want, want to include your family. Yes. Because what a nice church! What a wonderful pastor! And other pastors that we have. And we're truly, Amen. truly blessed. Thank you. Amen. You're welcome. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So this passage comes from Second Kings. The people of city, this is talking about Jericho, said, look, our Lord, this town is well-situated. Think about that. These Palestinians well-situated. The night before we opened our doors, we were sitting here at a prayer meeting and said, Lord, we're right next door. If there's something we can do, there's something we can do. Show us what that is. And by the next morning, we were open for business. Our town is well situated. As you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, this is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. So a man drives an hour and 15 minutes because he got instruction from the Holy Spirit to go to East Palestine and dump salt in that water. And I remember Pastor Shane, one of the very first Sundays he spoke after this happened, he said, we're going to hear reports about, and we may hear them, we may not hear them, but that that water is, that water is safe. The air is safe. The air is safe. I have no doubt. I have no doubt because we believe in the supernatural power of God, we believe in the supernatural power of God that... He's responding to Larry Ellis's obedience. Hallelujah. He's been there three times. Now Larry Ellis showed up in church last week. He was sitting right back there last week, and he said he he said to me, um, well, he sent text. I'm not going to be able to read what's on there, but he was just encouraging. He was just encouraging that he, he was here that day, and I responded to him that who who would have thought that this Invite the Stranger word would bring a Larry Ellis into our lives that we now have a relationship with forever, forever. And he responded back to me because I talked about welcoming him as a stranger. He said, welcome a stranger. And this is a testimony to all of you guys and to the goodness of our God. Your church welcomed me as family, not a stranger. That's what made it comforting. Maybe they're just a group of overachievers. (laughs) I'll text in a couple of weeks when I'm headed back. May the Lord bless you and keep you until then. Random people we met along the way. A Larry Ellis, who we just got to connect with because he took a step of obedience to say, I believe God has power. I don't, he said, and he would say every time, I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just doing what I've been told to do. That's all we're called to do is be obedient to the things we're called. The instructions we get. The Mennonite community. The Mennonite community was huge. They showed up one night and brought just tons of water, tons of water, tons of water, tons of water. They brought cookies. And then through all that, they said, hey, we want to do a meal. We want to do a drive-through meal. So we set a date. And they had a drive-through meal, homemade chicken and rice soup, cookies, that we were eating for several days later. The pantry ended up getting a whole lot of leftovers. For such a time as this, for such a time as this, there's the meal. The guy on the left is Pastor Larry Kaufman. He's a pastor down in Amish country, down in Berlin, Walnut Creek area. He contacted us and said, hey, we want to do something. Our community has seen about this and we want to do something. They brought van loads and van loads of water early on. The guy on the right is Cowboy Dave. Cowboy Dave was a guy who heard about this. And he's a guy that just, he sees a, a crisis going on somewhere. I forget where he lives, Texas maybe? I think Texas. And he just gets in his car and says, I'm going to go and see what I can help. And for I don't know how many days, he slept in his truck in East Palestine and just got up in the morning and just started ministering to people right in town. He ended up coming to church here for a couple of weeks, came to our men's class. That's a Wednesday night men's class. And uh, he was supposed to come back uh, the next week and uh, there was a storm or a hurricane or not a hurricane. There was something in Mississippi and I got a message from him and said, I'm in Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) So Cowboy Dave, a random person at men's class, he asked for prayer one night for something very specific. There was an issue for him. I said, "I I need guys to hold me accountable, and guys to stand with me in prayer for this issue that I have. And so we did, and we are. We haven't forgotten about Cowboy Dave. I text him periodically. For such a time as this, Cowboy Dave came into our lives. This is a group of people that drove from South Carolina to bring us water. They spent $900 to rent a truck of their own expense. Stephen Green Baptist Church. And this is just a fraction. There's Steve Darius. I don't have a picture of him because I haven't met him. I've not spoken to him. Steve Darius, the New York barber, who spent a couple hundred dollars to send 16-gallon jugs to a church in Salem who contacted us and said, can you use it? Countless, countless, countless other people who stepped forward and said, what can I do for such a time as this? These are strangers. These are strangers that are no longer strangers. The media. You know, I haven't thought... About my days in the media, as much as I have in the last ninety-nine days, especially the early days of this, when media was inundating this place, and I thought, Lord, you're so good, you're so good. Because of my work in the media, I knew how to maneuver through various aspects of media. I knew what they were. I knew what some of them were looking for, and I knew there were. Some of them weren't going to find it here, but I knew how to deal with them and. Again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying this is the goodness of God of how He prepares us. He prepares us for such a time as this to be able to, to minister. And, of course, this is Ben Burkwam and his, and his wife, Billy and their two daughters, who showed up here on a Saturday night. Uh, they pulled in. This was the same day we were having… The center was open. We were also having the Bob Cato Memorial or Bob Cato, Cato Benefit dinner, and uh, I'm standing out there directing traffic because we had two different things going on here at the same time, so I'm directing traffic, and he pulls up, and I didn't know who he was. People know who he is. I didn't know him. Then They show up the next day for church. And here's what he said, I showed up here yesterday, I could feel the Holy Spirit as I walked into the building, and then I found out the traffic attendant was this guy who was pointing to me, I knew something special was going on here, I travel around the country and I see a lot of things, I see how dark the world is getting, especially in my industry, the media, and I also see a lot of light, it's in you guys, it's in the body of Christ, he spoke that word over us, a stranger, we're now communicating, I know he probably communicates with Mark maybe more than me, but we communicate with him, he's in our lives, he's been back here at least once since then. He prayed for Tristan one day. I think that was the same day, that same morning, he prayed for him. Media from all over the place, all over the place. The Roy's Report. Whoever heard of the Roy's Report? I never heard of the Roy's Report. But I get this message from a reporter named Josh Shepard saying, we're seeing what you guys are doing. Will you call me for a story? I want to interview you. We get to tell the story about inviting strangers in New Waterford, Ohio. Don't despise, despise small beginnings, the Scripture says. This was an interview I got to do on a national Christian television show called Victory News. Interviews with Morning Journal, Salem News, Tribune Chronicle. It's a picture of me with Bill Johnson, our congressman, who was here one day. Media. People bringing water left and right, left and right, left and right. The railroad had bought a truckload of water that sat back here for a while. We were unloading it as we needed it. And I found out one day that they were paying a very large sum of money, hundreds of dollars a day for that truck to sit there. And I was like, I wish I'd have known that we'd have emptied that truck the very first day. And so I sent messages to a bunch of guys on a Wednesday night, before our Wednesday night class and said, hey, anybody that can come an hour early, come an hour early, we're going to empty that truck so they can get out of here throngs of you showed up. We were loading pickup trucks, bringing it to the front door, hauling it in. Don't think that that didn't witness to people who are watching. For such a time as this. Water, water, water. People brought organizations that we maybe normally wouldn't even connect with sometimes sometimes brought water. And remember when I introduced this word this year, I said we're going to be connecting this year with people that may, we may disagree with. There were people of different thoughts, life and different perspectives in life that were in this building that we got to rub elbows with, that we got to serve together with for such a time as this. All to bring water. There's more of the Mennonites. Those women can Work. And children. There was a kid about this big, w- with a with a dolly. I have no pictures of Columbiana Police Department. Columbiana Police Department was hired as extra security, and all of these were part of that crew. And <clears throat> we talked about this a little bit in class today. <laughs> and uh and uh it doesn't give us a right now that we know the Colombian police department to speed but i will tell this testimony that i heard today so this past week one of our women from the EEC not from this church but one of the mothers from EEC had was was doing something for them that day and she had to go home and get something or go to the store and get something and so she was driving and she was driving fast and she got pulled over and she cop said where are you going he said what are you doing and she said I'm going to abundant life we have this thing going on there today And he said oh those people are doing an amazing job with the railroad have a good day Don't use that to deliberately break the law. And don't say you're coming to abundant life if you're not. It could work against you too. Not everybody likes this, you know. Thanks to our staff of volunteers, Pastor Mark, Vicki, Kat, Keith, and then all the people that volunteered, Scott and Sharon Baldwin, Pastor Ben and Kelly Cope, Pastor Shane Danks, Matt Holden, Greg Langer, Mark Petticord, Jerry and Dina Roseski, Connie Shoke, Maren Travis, Zach and Lara Chamberlain, his daughter, he brought his daughter, I love that he brought his daughter, Sean Danks, Holly Guy, Howard and Patty Kessler, Carrie McMaster, Bobby and Beth Cato. Karen Sapp, Larry, and Kelly Thomas. We could not have done this. We could not have done this. These aren't strangers. But we could not have done it. The amazing thing about all this is life went on while this was going on. We didn't cancel anything. We had our chili cook-off. Which we have in that room. We thought, how are we going to do that? I don't know. Set up tables here, we'll set up tables there. We had the Bob Cato benefit planned. How are we going to do that? I don't know. But we will. We will because we're called as a people to do these things when we're called to do it. And I know that of you. I know that of this people that says, what can I do? How can I help? What do we have to rearrange? What do we have to do differently? EEC missed only one week, and they only missed that one week because they just weren't sure how how they were going to function. But they saw that things were working, and they functioned clear up until last week, until they, their their school year ended. We had Wednesday night classes, we had Monday night groups, we had we had jubilees, we had pantry, we had Saturday seminars, and the, and the people would say, "Do you guys ever stop?" No. No, we're called. We're called for such a time as this to open our doors, to open our hearts, to open our lives to whoever, whenever, whatever the need, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. So I was thinking about this passage from Genesis. This, you, know, the, you know the account, Joseph, Joseph, the young dreamer brother he <laughs> a teenager, and he had a dream about some stuff. And he told his brothers about it, and they were not happy. They were not happy because there was kind of something in the dream about them bound down to him. And they're like, yeah, okay. So they sold him into slavery. You know, they sold him into slavery, and, but the Lord was with them. Lord the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them. And if you know the account, if you don't know the account, look it up. Just look it up, read it today. It's, it's one of my favorite, favorite accounts in Scripture of the faithfulness of God. So Joseph ends up at every turn, at every turn, he has the favor of God on him. So he keeps getting promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted while, in, while imprisoned. But then he ends up being in charge of a storehouse during a famine that end up bringing his brothers to him because they needed stuff now they thought he was dead they thought he was dead and they show up to receive what's theirs and Joseph can't control himself anymore because he knows it's his brothers and he can't can't keep himself a secret that who he is anymore and he reveals himself and he says To his brothers, now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been a famine in the land and for the next five there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. It was another one of those for such a time as this moment. And it was years in the making, years in the making. Because Joseph was an adult man by this time. He was no longer a teenage boy. But the Lord does what he says he's going to do. And he does that with us for such a time as this. As I was reviewing my notes I had this was two days ago. I was kind of finishing up my PowerPoint and working on some things, and I had the thought: this was a test. I'm going to talk more about that next week. We talked about it a little bit in our open door class today. That was sort of our our, our focus. This was a test. I don't I don't know what all for. 99 days. 99 days. It was a test, and we're gonna explore that a little bit more next week. Yes, I'm up next week. It was interesting as we're putting together June calendar. Normally it would be Pastor Shane. The whole calendar is all topsy turvy. I'm up first, Ben's up second, Mark's up third, Shane's up last. It's all topsy turvy. And there's probably something to that. He's always changing things up. Don't get comfortable. Yeah, don't say, well, I showed up Sunday morning because I thought it was going to be Pastor Shannon and it's you. (laughs) Well, now you know, so you don't have to show up if you don't want to. for such a time as this. Be thinking about this this week. Why would he why would the Lord want to test us? I asked that question in class today, so I have already have a lot of the answers, some of the answers. Why would he want to test us? Think about that this week. Pray about that. Write down your answers. I love to hear from you this week. Maybe because of this, or maybe this. Maybe he's testing us this. Maybe he's testing this. There's something about spending 99 days together. It's kind of like, well, I can handle you for a a week, maybe. But 99 days? I don't know what all we need to get ready for, but get ready. Get ready in your prayer life. Get ready in your study time. Get ready in your worship. Get ready in your... Get ready with your yeses and your goes, as Pastor Pauline reminded us, us about. That's another thing we got to do. We got to celebrate 40 years in the middle of all this. stay bowed down stay bowed down it'd be easy to it'd be easy to look at all this attention and media attention and think that we're something well if we're something it's only because of Jesus and we will point to him let's stand We're not done inviting the strangers. You know, it was interesting. Last week, we have a, we have a, we have a, a rental next weekend. And uh, this week, a group of them came in to kind of scout out the building and see what we needed. And it was a whole lot of people from the Mennonite community. And there was a bunch of them. And I thought, this is just like you, Jesus. As one group's leaving out, we have on the way out, we have another whole group coming in next weekend for an event, a whole new group of strangers, a whole new group of strangers for just a couple of days that we get to welcome into this place. And I have a sense that that sort of cycle of things is not gonna stop. There's people who know about this place that never heard of us before. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for wanting to be a part of what God's doing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for the work. That we we get to do with you. I thank you for the things and the people that you entrust to our care. We know that we are still works in progress. We don't do it perfectly. We know that sometimes we're rough around the edges, sometimes we're we're messy. We thank you for every person that walked through these doors in the past, in those 99 days. And I pray that whatever seeds you planted, that they'll get watered and watered and watered and watered. The watering of those seeds will continue. The people will know that this is a place of refuge. This is a house of praise we sang this morning. This is a place where we get to proclaim you We get to model you. We get to love. We get to care. And I pray that people will take that with them. They will know that. They'll know that, that even though the center is no longer here, the doors are still open for people to come for what they need. And what everybody ultimately needs is you. That's why we speak Jesus. It's why we shout Jesus from the mountains. thank you for every good work you've done, and we got to do it with you. I pray for this people gathered here this morning. I pray you'll minister to each one. Minister your goodness. Minister to your love. Minister your forgiveness. Minister your grace. Minister your power. And in all of it, I pray that your name will be lifted high. So in Jesus' name I pray. If anybody needs prayer, there's people here who will pray with you.